everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thank you for joining us for hour two of the pre-feast special edition Thanksgiving spectacular spectacular. Basically. <laughs> the very special episode. The very special episode. We're like a blossom episode. Hey, beside, before we get to our favorite thing that we do right at this time every week, let's hang out with Ricky, who hung out on the line asking a question, I think, about homemade soup. What's up, Ricky? Hey, Stephanie. Oh, Good it's morning. Ricky. Hi. <laughs> it's our Ricky, just to be it's clear. Your, it's our Ricky. Yes, exactly. I have a question. Every single time I call my mother for a recipe for a side dish, yeah. it involves at least four or five different different cans of creamed soup. <laughs> you have, <laughs> seriously, it's yeah. like... What is fresh in that recipe? Do you have a good, like a good substitute to make a cream of mushroom soup that you could make from scratch that you could add to those side dishes? So, I mean, I guess I always just make a instead because basically what that soup is doing it's the binder situation. You know, it's just trying to get it to be kind of held together. I think you could achieve a roux if you wanted to do that. Uh-huh. And do that instead by just making a roux and then adding like stock and cream to it to kind of make your own sort of a cream based soup. That's it's, it's not as hard as you think. You know what I mean? Like four tablespoons butter, four tablespoons flour, and then whipped, whipped, whisked, whisked, and then adding the stock in and then adding the cream in. And I know you know how to do that, but like for the listeners, but this is something that I think instead of getting a gummy, you know, chemical laden soup to do it, just do it naturally. Yeah, I think that was my issue. I tried to do the green bean casserole just using like heavy whipping cream and mushrooms and like trying to make it up and didn't use the flour roux kind of yeah yeah you have to or it won't thicken right i knew you'd know the answer there you go girl (laughs) have a good one okay happy thanksgiving that was ricky our friend from it is yeah there's so many cream of mushroom and that kind of stuff in a lot of these recipes yeah and maybe you know for once a year you just do it but if you are trying to elevate well right i mean like if you're looking for something a little bit more flavorful and less yeah. i don't know for me it's the gumminess of the canned soup that makes it like i don't know there's when you uncan those soups and you get that really gray blob and yeah. it kind of gives that i hear you ugh. all right all right guys guess what time for top two in hour two and now the weekly dish presents top two top two the top two pick your best two in hour two all right give me two winning winning all right, this is the time to show you guys where we pick a couple of things that we are obsessed with this week and we share them with you. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. I want to recommend as my top two, the St. Paul Meat Company. Oh. I went in there yesterday looking for shanks because yep. I was having a dinner party. Um, they may, They had these beef shanks that were like the beef shanks of life. <laughs> They had like a marrow bone in them that was like a marrow bone that you would give a dog, you know, that super thick kind. Yeah. And then super meaty around there. I browned them. I braised them all day long, partly on the stove. And then I finished them in the stove. And then I served them on polenta last night. Stephanie, Just crazy good. Crazy good. So good. And they just were super nice in there. They've got all your stocks. They have this thing that's like a pork roast or a beef roast or a chicken in a bag and it's all seasoned and everything ready for you. So you just cut open the bag and cook it. Oh, yeah. (coughs) They have all kinds of stuff. And they were so nice. 
and they have Rose Street patisserie breads and Bakersfield flour breads. And just, I thought they were just so nice. I couldn't stand it. I love them. You think that they're very nice. Nick, the man <laughs> at the counter was this is, lovely. Of course, the St. Paul Meat Shop is a part of the France 44 collective. And so they're all working together. We've had them. We've had Ben. We've had... Um, uh, Peter on the show before talking about cheeses, Rush, Quiver, Rush Creek Reserve. They have the Rush Creek Reserve they there, do. by the way. I, know, I, saw I was going to say. I bought one. Did you? Yep. Did you eat it all? No, I'm uh, saving it. Oh I'm my gonna God. Bring it to Thanksgiving. Stop saving. Um, okay, so my first, um, my first two, top two in our two is actually going to be a thermometer. Um, because I think that that is a thing that everybody should have this. Yes. Weekend. And this is an easy thing you can pick up and you don't can rely on the thing to pop out. No. It's always faulty. No, don't. Just and plus with a, a a good thermometer, a good meat thermometer I'm talking about. And you can call them a biotherm. Sometimes they're known as that. Sometimes you can pick them up right at the grocery store and just get a simple dial one. If you get one of those, get at least a couple of them to make sure that they work. But there's a great one on Amazon that I was going to say that Stephanie Meyer put on her page, her Facebook page, and I immediately one clicked in and got it. And it's $15 and it's good for liquids and for meat. And it's a quick little digital thermometer and it you can get it in two days if you have Prime, you guys. Okay. So I'm going to put that one up. But there's other ones too. There's a Thermopop. You know, there's uh, there's stuff like the Accurite digital meat thermometer on Amazon. Those bigger ones with like the big digital readout, those freak me out a little bit. For some reason, they never work the way that I program them, to. them to. Work. Yeah, it's that's almost too technical and crazy. And of course, the best one they say is this one from Williams Sonoma. That's like a ninety dollar Sonoma smart thermometer, and I just it's like attach your phone and all that kind of stuff and. I don't know. 15 bucks and you can get a great one. Yeah, I, that's too much. Yeah. That is too much. All right, so what's your second one? Okay, I don't like my second one, so will you say your <laughs> second one so I can find my different one? I okay. just I want to do something different. So my other uh, top two in R2 this week was that I got a little chance to check out Lucky Cricket, which is Andrew Zimmern's place in the West End. Did you go? I think you went to a I did. Instagram people night too, didn't nope. you? I just went for lunch. It wasn't open. I went for lunch. Okay. I'm secret in. Okay. So I ate there too. But you guys were media. There was media people there all that same day that you were there. I don't know. I was just there with a friend. Oh, okay. Um, I can't wait to hear what you eat it. I I didn't eat it anything. (laughs) (laughs) I done didn't eat, eat it the things. Well there, ma. Yeah. No, I did a tour. You know, I was hanging out with Zimmern and those guys while they were doing it. You didn't eat anything. No, I did. But I mean, I didn't like choose my menu and Mm -hmm. I don't want to portray it as like, I had lunch there because I basically had, um, they made, you know, a soy, some soy sauce noodles and they made some um, beautiful bao buns, you know, some great pork filled bao buns, which yep. were spectacular. Did you eat the blue Caledonia shrimp? I, no. Okay. These were really interesting. You ate the heads and the tails. Yeah. So like a salt and pepper shrimp, but there's a special kind of shrimp that I was going to ask you about. Blue Caledonia shrimp that eat the plankton. And somehow that makes it so that their shells are a little less rough. Yeah. So you can eat them easier. Yeah. They were really quite good. Yeah. No, they're, um, I'm really impressed by the fact that this is going to be sort of a, an interesting, you know, venture. This is in the West End and it's, you know, Zimmern along with his partnership with the Rojo guys. And they are doing this. It's going to be open lunch and dinner every day, 11 to 11. And they've got tiki cocktails and they've got, you know, the, the menu is full of dim sum and platters and shareables and things like that. I think it's going to be jam packed, you know, from the get go. They're officially opening on Monday. 
That's what they've said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting. I think it'll be, I, I the, the things I tasted were really great. And I know the people that they're working with as far as developing recipes. But just to be clear, and, and Zimmern said this himself, it's not about being the super chefy, you know, passion project. This is a business venture, which means he's, you have to make those decisions to appeal to more people than just that super elite foodie class. Right. And right, I think right. that's a smart thing to say on the get-go because I think a lot of people have expectations. Uh, I think he's in the I think he's in the firing scope, you know, from a he's lot a of damned suits. if he does and damned if he doesn't. Yes. If he does something that's too weird, it'll be too weird. If he does something that's too normal, it'll be too normal. Andrew, do what you do yeah. and just no. I think they're going to do this really well, and then they're going to you know they're going to branch out locally. Um, they're going to do a couple more locally, and then they will expand into other markets. Okay, so it'll be interesting. I love it. What's your? Did you did you find one? I had to move some <laughs> things around in my brain. Okay, I did. It is the Golden Fig Autumn Elixir. Oh, okay. And the Autumn Elixir is a drink pre drink mix. Yeah, made with like honey and apple cider and warm spices, and it is pre made. And you get it in the refrigerated section at Golden Fig. And you use this with whiskey. You can use it with gin and uh, make like kind of a Moscow or vodka and make like a Moscow mule situation for fall. Or you could put it just in cider and have like a mulled hot thing. Um, You could serve it as a mocktail. So add a little soda water, make it a little bubbly for people that aren't having alcohol or the driver of your group. So that is my top two in our two second choice, the Autumn Elixir at the Golden Fig. Okay, that's a good thing to pick up. It's also a good hostess gift if yes. you're bringing it to, if you're being invited to the feast. That's something you could bring for someone to have for themselves. And bring a hostess gift, friends. Yes. It is polite. I don't even care if it's your sister hosting you or someone. You bring a hostess gift. That is polite. Yeah. No, it's true. It's just nice if someone's cooking you an entire meal. And again, it doesn't have to be a part of the meal. It doesn't have to be a major thing. Just even a little card that says thank you ahead of time. Yes, is a card kind is of fine. a nice thing. I would love that. Right. Someone sent me a card just the other day. Hey, thanks for being you. I was like, this is amazing. This I is am amazing. Me. I love it. Um, there you go. All right. Just another reminder, you guys, also that you can pop over to the Weekly Dish Instant Potters page if you want some tips and tricks for doing different parts of your I'm meal. I'm using my pot. For the Instant Pot. I'm making my mashed potatoes in Are the you? Instant Pot. I did I'm that last year. I'm mashed potatoes and I'm at someone else's house. And Are you bringing your pot to the house? Yeah. Oh. Because she, the stove is going to be full of stuff and yeah. I'm like, I'll just make the potatoes in the bathroom <laughs> in the instant pot right okay i really won't make them in the bathroom, in the bathroom. But you know what i mean right and yeah so she's like oh so you, i'm like no i don't need the stove i can do them all in the pot because we have a big crew yeah yeah i know i'm instant potting the mash okay so there's a lot of if you want to head over to that facebook page there's a lot of recipes over there you can kind of scroll through you can search recipes on those pages too so if you're thinking someone else might have tried something and you're just kind of looking to see what what's up not even to mention what you're going to do with the turkey carcass the next day i yeah i like to have that right on the stove though I like to have the house smell like the good turkey stuff. I can't do that because my dog freaks out and runs around the house looking for where the chicken is. True. So I'm going to instant pot my carcass and I'm going to make broth and then I'm going to make soup. It's going to go on for days. Days. Days and days, which is why we carcass home. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not your carcass. I like. Did you already take dibs on it? I did. And it's like, we're going to freeze the carcass so I can bring that home just so you know. She's like, yeah, okay, nobody wants that. I'm like, I do. I do. I want it all. That's awesome. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about a very cool, bubbly new development in town. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. 
All right, we are back, and it's the Weekly Dish, and we are having a maker segment today, uh, Makers of Minnesota. You're a maker. You're a hero. It's time for the Maker's Moment, a visit with one of Minnesota's many creators, artisans, and entrepreneurs who make the Twin Cities such a cool food scene. I make things. You're a genius. Make it. For more stories like this, check out Stephanie Hansen's podcast, Makers of Minnesota, on Podcast One or wherever you find your podcasts. Trevor Pearson and Colin Mim are partners in a new business that you maybe have seen. It is the Tiny Tap Prosecco truck. How cute is this, gentlemen? It's it's the best. Where did you where did you <laughs> did you see this somewhere? And then you were like, oh, we need this in Minnesota. This is literally describe your it's a mini truck that serves Prosecco. It is, yeah. So Trevor and I were actually traveling in Europe, I think two years ago. And we saw this idea and we're like, holy cow, this is so cool. Yeah. Why Why have we not seen this yet? So we kind of did our research and we're like, we need to bring this back to the States. Took us about a year to figure that out. And then I think last October is when we actually started building everything up and starting the process. And how big is the truck? Literally, it's little. It's tiny. Yeah, it can, st- it can fit through pretty much any standard double door. Um, it's about five feet wide. So, I mean, we've, we've got a, an event at the Hutton house this afternoon oh, from 12 to two. I love the Hutton house. It's yeah, so pretty. It's a gorgeous venue. So we'll be serving Prosecco there, uh, from 12 to two today, but we got it inside, inside their building. And how many taps do you have? Uh, our current truck has two taps on it. And uh, is it the different kinds of Prosecco in each tap or do you use the same? Same. Okay. And like, so do people hire you for weddings and graduation ceremonies? Like how does the logistics work? How much does it cost to have this come out? Sure. So the main events that we've done so far are weddings, corporate events, Uh birthday parties, bachelorette parties. I mean, you name it. Um, We come to you. It's very turnkey. So wherever your event is, we will show up. Are you the sales guy? Because only sales can <laughs> use the word yeah. turnkey. Just, it, 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 is very, it, it is very turnkey, turnkey though. I, love I mean, it. basically, you, you tell us glasses. when and where to. Yeah. Okay. We, we have plastic glassware. We have real glassware. We come prepared. Um, it starts at fifteen hundred dollars. Okay. So. And then it, that is that for like an hour or for that's an event? For, that's for an event yeah. with one prosecco keg that serves roughly one hundred and sixty glasses. How fun! And it's adorable. It, like it's just adorable. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's funny because anybody that we've shown this to or anybody that's been involved in it has been like, this is the coolest thing ever. And how has this not been here yet? This yeah, year? Right. exactly. So we've had a blast. Um, when you go to these events, are you like, is it usually like a wedding and you're like the beginning cocktail or do you stay open all night? Like, how does, do people just keep coming back to the truck? Well, I would. we kind of leave it up to, <laughs> we kind of leave it up to the bride and groom or whoever's planning the party to kind of decide. So we can do, um, like a hosted, you know, champagne or Prosecco, uh, toast before the event. Um, we can do, you know, cocktail hour. We can do late night. I mean, it's really catered to what you want how hard was it because this is the new like all of this i'm sort of obsessed with like van life and tiny cars and vanigans and all these weird retro yep i've heard that it's getting really difficult to find like these unique vehicles for these types of food trucks or food operations was that your experience yeah i mean it took us we had a couple options for what we were looking at and it took us roughly three months to find this and then it took probably three to four months to fabricate it to 
actually design did it. Did you how, use the local guy? I can't think of the guy's name that's local. Um, depending on which guy you're talking Creative about. Creative Concessions, not, is that the name of it? I can't remember. No, we didn't. We actually used uh, a guy down in Lakeville, Minnesota, okay. and he did an absolutely fantastic job on it. So where did you get your vehicle and what kind of vehicle is it? So it's a Japanese pickup truck. Um, it's called a Daihatsu Hijet. And um, it's basically like if you think about like a pickup truck, it's a mini version of that. Um, so we started off with pretty much a blank canvas. And then we had the box, you know, kind of the van part uh, fabricated on the back of it. Okay. I'm having um, visions in my head of like a Prosecco caravan or like the white wine car and the red wine car and the Prosecco car. Can you expand into other beverages? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, really our, our options are limitless. There's a ton of things that we can do. You know, we've thought about coffee and expanding into tiny different. Tiny Tap is sort of it's universal, yeah. right? And that's we kind of didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves into you know a name. Like um, obviously, we're focusing on Prosecco, and that's kind of where we're going to enter into the market. But we we have a lot of options. Um, I, what do you have a business plan? Sure. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. That you said oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Many people don't. Yep. Um. So you, if you do this right, like how many years do you think, or is it just months that you could be profitable? So that's a great question. I mean, I think we could be profitable within the next six months. We're wow, we're that's in, fantastic. We're in process of building two more trucks right now. And oh, you we're are. Try, we're trying to scale up pretty dramatically in Minnesota. And we have some plans to kind of go out of state as well. Yeah. Oh, I love this. You guys, who inspired you in your maker lives? Like, did you, were you always entrepreneurs? Um, I, I'd say my father. Colin so, is your dad a sales guy? He was, and now he's a big entrepreneur as well, or serial entrepreneur. Okay. Yeah. What is he entrepreneured? He, right now, he has an art gallery in the Galleria right now. Who's your dad? Uh, Steve Mim. Okay. Yep. And then he does a lot of different things for Lifetime Fitness, John Deere, manufacturing kind of cool. pieces. So, so that's art? been my influence for yeah. sure. Oh, I love that. Okay. How about you? Um, I actually own my own business. This is Trevor. Aside from this. Um, and uh, What do you own? I own an ice carving company. Okay. Uh, called Metro Ice Sculptures. And then we both have a mutual friend who is a serial entrepreneur also. And uh, he's been very instrumental in like guiding us and like just helping us out with little things that you don't really think about when you're starting a new business. Yeah, the ice business has become huge too. So you're the guy that does the weird wedding ice carvings, or sure. Um, so this is a way to expand your business, maybe into non-ice times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it actually works out pretty well. Um, with the winter time, ice carving is very busy, um, and a lot of like you know, there's not a ton of weddings in the winter time up here. Um, but then, you know, the Prosecco truck will be a great kind of shift in my time and my focus in the summertime, too. Isn't there, this is a totally random question, mm-hmm. but isn't there some lake in Minnesota that you ice carving people want to, like, get your ice blocks from because it's so much more clear than other places? Uh, no, actually, all of our ice is man-made. They all make it. Yeah, we make, okay, so yeah, we make it. Ruse. How can you possibly mm-hmm. base a business on, like, will it freeze? Yeah. Will it freeze? They do for like the big ice castles. They yep. do. Yeah, they do harvest ice for yeah, that kind of stuff. Harvest. Yeah, there you go. Yep. So you make your own ice mm-hmm. and okay, because that's a whole science too. Making yeah. ice. Yep. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yes. Can I ask about Prosecco for a second in terms of were you the, the way that Prosecco has sort of blown up, you know, as a as a as a all of a sudden I feel like it's like this American wedding drink or it's an Ameri- it's like all of a sudden everyone is obsessed with it, particularly women. 
right? Mm-hmm. Did you was that something that you guys saw and you jumped on that particularly or I think we both just like bubbly drinks. Like yeah. both of us <laughs> like champagne, both yeah. of us like prosecco. Yeah. And then obviously it doesn't hurt that it's a big trend yeah. right now. So we figured, hey, we both like to host parties and basically entertain. Yeah. Let's let's build this for us as well and then expand into a business. How can people find you if they want to book the truck? Um, just check out our website. So it's thetinytap.com or follow us on any social media, Instagram, Facebook. Love the it. Tiny Your tap. Instagram is real cute too, which, it, I mean, in the day of Instagram, like you can just have these cute little vehicles and it just inspires so much thought. So that's pretty cool too. Instagram is almost like a giant marketing vehicle. Well, we've become so visual, like as a society yeah. too. Like, I mean, just having you know, aesthetically pleasing things to look at, like it really helps. Yeah. We'll have a good uh, event at Hutton House today. Is it an open house? Is that what you're doing? It is. Okay, yeah. So it's it's their one year by. anniversary. Yeah. It's their birthday. Excellent. Um, make sure that you tell them that we said hello and happy anniversary. We'll do. All Thank right. You. We'll Thanks be right back. Us. You're listening to the Weekly Dish. And that is the Makers of Minnesota segment. You can find our podcast uh, at Podcast One, or you can just look for uh, Makers of Minnesota anywhere you get your podcasts. And listen to other maker stories. There's like 115 stories there at this point. We're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we have lots more good Turkish stuff for you. Stephanie's got a bunch of side chatter when we come back. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are on the pre-feast Thanksgiving show. And so we are still talking about all the good things that are potentially going to be on your table today or next week. All yes. the fun stuff. Um, by the way, you guys, if you guys want to call in 651-641-1071. Yes, what are you making? Anything you want to talk about. If you want to talk about like, you know, tips for your carrots, tips for your corn. Maybe you're thinking about a kale salad. Maybe you're thinking <clears throat> anything. I mean, it, you know, we're kind of here to just kind of answer questions today. So. Stephanie, someone has asked Stephanie that I have no idea how to answer. Okay. Do you know of any restaurants that serve floating islands, the French dessert? Yeah, I, that's such what a, even is that it's this beautiful thing where you get, it's sort of a meringue, um, a meringue situation yep. in like a creme anglaise. And so it's like these little puffs of clouds yeah. in something. Yeah. Neat. <clears throat> and I've seen it before, but I couldn't tell you where that's one of those things too, that, you know, dessert menus are so seasonal in the finer restaurants who would even attempt that kind of a thing. So I would say it would be harder. I would say if you... John Krause is like the only person I can even imagine that would would try that. But I don't think he would do that because it's it's like a restaurant dessert. So I would say, you know, Belcour out with Diane Yang out in Wyzetta might be a a place. Or the Lexington, they might have something. I know that they just lost their pastry chef, I think. Oh, and she was so good. I know, she was so, so good. Stephanie, I don't know why I'm the last one to this party, but I've been watching The Great British Bake Off. That is a really cute show. Yeah, there's and a lot good. with that one. There's a lot we with that one. We started at season one and both Kurt and I watch <clears> it. <throat> and just because he likes to watch TV for like a half hour before we go to bed, I'm so thankful for something to replace. A, the American Pickers, which yeah. I'm so over them. And, and B, his latest that I'm just like, I can't even watch this. Forged and Fired. Oh, okay. And he's quick to point out that the Great American Bake Off is like using the forged and fire formula. I'm like, no, they're everyone is yeah. using their formula. Anyway, anyway, so we're laying in bed and watching how to make pavlovas. That's good. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of people who love that stuff. Speaking of breads, I wanted to make sure that you guys know that 
Um, you can that the the uh, Mill City Farmers Market is indoors today. It is open. It is a good place to go um, and check out some of the great things that are kind of going on. Heritage Breads, I think, is there. If you can't get to Wyzetta, or they're out sort of in Minnetonka area, their shop is got a ton of great Thanksgiving baked goods there that you can order. In terms of, you know, they've got sourdoughs, they've got uh, organic, but their wheat is always organic heirloom wheat. So they definitely, you know, for some people who are maybe a little celiac, or not celiac, that's not Mm -hmm. even close, but who have gluten sensitivities, it might be, you know, a little bit better of a thing to get some pumpkin bread. They've got pies there too. Um, and they've got buns. If you just want to have some buns on the table, you know, that are like, you know, for $2 or for 20 dozen, it's pretty great. Um, all right. So that is heritage breads and they are there. We do have a couple people who have called in. So let's talk to Kimberly. Sure. Kimberly, how's it going? Hi. Good. What's going on today? Okay. So I had a question about something I had about 25 years ago. Yeah. Okay. It's called, I think, chess pie. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> and I got it in Kentucky. At a barbecue with the best barbecue. Yes. So, well, uh, you can probably, I think you can find that pie at Revival. Yeah, I've had it there. And which is, they have it at St. Paul or Minneapolis. And they do have the smoked meats at the King Case Market, but I don't think you can get it there. But I would call Revival in St. Paul or Minneapolis and see if they have one for you to be able so to it's kind like of. a very rich. Yes. Like, oh. Two bites and it's like whoop. Yeah, they're pretty easy to make too. Oh, that's what I wanted to know. Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, that's the correct name, chess pie. That's correct. Yep. And Martha chess Stewart pie. has a recipe. Yeah, just Google that. It's pretty easy, I think. Oh, great! Thank you, guys. You All bet. right, sounds good. All right, we also have Kathy on the line. Hi, Kathy. What's going on, Kathy? Hi there. Say so. I'm doing Thanksgiving and I have to make a million things. So I'm wondering if you guys have have ever made mashed potatoes and froze them and then you know on the day of taking them out and voila i don't know I you mean, can you can i'd be more inclined and i've done this i made them in the uh, slow cooker okay um or you can make them ahead and then keep them warm in the slow cooker i'm going to do them in the instant pot this year do you I'm do you have a long way to travel, or is there? No, I'm making everything here, but you know, you only have so many spots on the stove and in the oven. And so, I will tell you, the Bon Appetit has a great recipe for make ahead mashed potatoes right now up on their site. Bon and Appetit, okay. Yeah, all you have to do, and it's just make them on Wednesday. Yeah, don't freeze them; just put them in the fridge. Like they are fine to just be and in the fridge if you have space, oh. or stick them outside, yeah. which is what I do. The third fridge. <laughs> okay, our I third fridge is getting a lot of yeah, use too. I can too. make them Wednesday night, and then just yeah, yeah, that's. Actually, I'm thinking this year that I might do the same thing. I might make them ahead because actually, and here's the beautiful thing, and this is what makes them even better if you make them the second day or the if you reheat them because when you're reheating them and they've been dried from better. that night before, they suck up more butter and cream. Yep. Right. So Yeah, I'm totally going to do that. Okay, great. Okay, thanks, Kathy. Thank you. All right, we also have Lisa on the line. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Lisa, what's up? Hi. I <clears throat> excuse me. have a question. I've been going through some of my grandmother's recipes. Yeah. And some of them call for one cake of yeast. Yes. And I'm just wondering if there's like a packaged alternative to whatever that would be. Um, a cake of yeast. Yes, because they used to come in these little cute cakes. I think yeah. Fleischmann's has that measurement on their package. If you look at those little, uh, their little envelopes. Yeah. Um, let's see. Equals So one cake of yeast equals two and one quarter teaspoons. 
two and one quarter teaspoons. Yeah. Okay. So there is kind of because it says that one cube of French compressed cake yeast equals one envelope of active dry yeast. And so which is actually two and a quarter teaspoons. Michelle's looking for. Thank you. You bet. (laughs) See, these are the things that we need to do. We need to all ask the questions because I'm sure a lot of people were like, oh, I never knew that. Anne called in or sent a Facebook. She said, I'm going to try making the pecans with the maple syrup nuts, but nuts can be expensive. Do you have any place you get your pecans for a good price? Okay. I usually go to Trader Joe's. Do you? Um, for nuts, because I think they do a good job, but also in bulk anywhere, really, like Cub Foods, wherever, I buy the whole pecans. Do you really? And it says, does it need to be the pure maple syrup? I like the pure maple syrup, but I've done it with both, just Aunt Jemima, and I've done it with the pure maple syrup. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So. I love that. Um, all right, so let's talk quickly about um, three things you could do today, by the way, if you're not doing your giant grocery shop today. When do you think, like, a lot of people, I think, kind of pop around and do a little quick thing, and then they, um, I don't know, when do you do your miss? You're not hosting this year. No, I would be doing it right now, and I'm going to wait and do it, like, Monday or Tuesday. I do have to buy some stuff, but I went to the grocery stores yesterday. I went to a couple different markets because I had a dinner party. Um, oh, Oh. I know if you want to avoid that Wednesday crush, you know, yep. I mean, I'm going to be here actually hosting with on Lori and Julia from three to six. So I'm going to be going to do the final shop after that, which is kind of terrifying because that's like a seven o'clock shop. Which no, means- that'll be perfect because no one will be doing it that night. Oh, what? That's that's the high holiday of drinking Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. Not for the cooks. But here's the worst part is I think it's actually... I mean, like, it's picked clean. Like, I, that was the time that I couldn't find the hipster carrots because I was like, and that was a Tuesday that I went, and they were like, yeah, we are out of multicolored carrots. And wow. I was like, oh, my God, nobody has them. So I would say that for me, I'm going to do a shop tomorrow on Sunday and do, like, a general, you know, get some of the things that are going to hold, a lot of the basics, a lot of, like, you know, obviously um, things like spices and and you know, containers of uh, paper products and and then cans of things and things like that. But then I'm also kind of shopping almost every single day this week. Like I'm going to pop and go get, because my turkey's coming on Tuesday. So then Monday, I'm actually going to go back and get a whole bunch of stuff that needs to go for the prep of that. And then on Wednesday is the kind of the last filler. Yeah, just filling in on the, um, and I think the liquor stores get really busy on Wednesday too. So I'm going to try to get my wines in early. Yeah, but it is, I mean, Wednesday is like a massively busy day. I think for a lot of people to kind of get in there, pick up a lot of your stuff. Like if you've ordered things in, you're picking up your pies, you're doing the, the pickup. Right. Um, if you are, and that's what I wanted to warn people. Like if you're thinking like, oh, well, cauliflower is out all the time and people are, you know, and I mean, there's always cauliflower there. I'll just pick that up on Wednesday. Don't count on it, you know, because a lot of places when, you know, there's there's this kind of a jam towards things, having that be uh, something you want to do fast and you want to make sure that you can hold it. And and you don't have the other thing is it's funny that they called about the freeze thing about the potatoes. Yeah, because that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about was you about this freeze or not freeze. I don't I know that our you know proclivity is to just kind of freeze it so it stays good and it's perfect and fresh. That's not always great, you know, because yeah. uh, uh, keeping it in your fridge and just letting it sit 
you know, in a natural cooling chilled situation is not going to make it. And actually it'll be better for some things with like a cream base that may break down again when you rewarm them. Yeah. You don't want to freeze things with cream. In yeah. Them. It's just too hard. It's just too much for them. So just don't worry. And then also the time it takes to bring things up to thaw versus if it was just chilled in your fridge and then you were working it into room temperature. So think about those things when, because a lot of people call us and say, well, can I freeze that? Right. If you don't have to, don't do it, I guess, is my thing this week. All right. My daughter, uh, let's see. We have all these questions that have just come in. Okay. We have one minute. Okay. Um, my daughter got me um, on the how to, how to cook a turkey in the microwave. Oh, nice. She said, all I could think of is where did I go wrong in my parenting? That was for a comment from Penny. I love that. <laughs> That's so good. Deep frying turkeys. Can you still make bone broth with dry bones? Here's the deal. You're not going to get as much nutrition out of that. If you're just trying to look for salty water, you know, I guess you're, I think the fry, the high heat of the frying of a turkey. And I could be wrong in this, but I feel like I read this somewhere was that the high heat kind of really zaps a lot of those nutrients that you're pulling from the bones. Yep. So, uh, but it, you know, you it, can, it's, you can still make stock. You can definitely still make sack. I don't know what that would be. I guess it's on the interior. I, I don't know. I guess I've never done it. I don't know. Okay. Someone has come up with a name for the bonus podcast. Oh. Because every week they podcast the hour, hour one and hour two of the show. And then yep. Stephanie and I do a third installment that we usually release on Wednesdays. She's calling it the second helping. Oh, cute. It is cute. I think that could stick. I like that. That's very good. Um, apple cider and champagne with fresh thyme uh, is a great brine. How about roasting with champagne? No need to brine. But why would you put champagne I don't in know your if turkey I would pan do that. and not drink it? Yeah. I couldn't do that. I could not I pour could not champagne into my turkey pan. My champagne on a No. So funny, though. Bird. I don't know what that says about us. I know. Seriously. Um, did you post the maple syrup nuts recipe, by the there way? There is no recipe. Okay, right. It's just your... Toasting your nuts and you hit them with some maple syrup and salt. That's the recipe. You can use Aunt Jemima. You can use maple organic, whatever. You just like drizzle on like a little bit until you toss them and they look coated. Trust yourselves. Yes. Trust yourselves. (laughs) All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us all day during this pre-feast Thanksgiving show. We've had a blast. Um, The good news is, of course, like we always say, you can find the information on the podcasting if you missed any of it, any of the tips and tricks. And also, you know, send us a note as much as you can. You guys do a really good job of saying, what was the name of that? Oftentimes we talk fast and, you know, we do our things where we talk over each other and all that fun stuff. And I know that sometimes it's hard to catch things. Know that you can always go back and find, you know, dig through some of the content to see if you can find it yourself. But if you send us a note, we'll try to reply. It may not be right away, but we do know that the feast is coming and that. So we're trying to help everybody as much as we can. Oh, Karen O'Sullivan gave us a five star review for Weekly Dish. Love it. We love that. So thank you so much, you guys. And and of talking about things you're grateful for and the gratitude that surrounds this feast, which is really, truly the essence of it and the most important part, other than having a damn turkey and not a chicken, then you would say that, what would you say is your most grateful, that you're most grateful for, Hanson? Okay, two things. Yeah. First you. Yeah. <laughs> That's not fair. That was going to be mine. No, really? Because yeah. I was actually putting on my coat today and yeah. my hat and my husband's sitting there with this cup of coffee. And, and I was like, okay, well, I'm getting ready to go. And 
I said to him, isn't it funny that like for, I guess, 12 years now, I've been putting on my coat on the Saturday morning and I would say two thirds to your because you have an extra third of shows most of the time than I do. (laughs) But for a long time, every Saturday morning, this is what we've done. And he was like, yeah, he goes, are you getting sick of it? And I said, honestly, if it was anybody other than Stephanie March, probably. But because it's her, no, like because. It's fun to come here and talk to you. It's fun to share this information. It's fun to introduce people to new things. It's still fun. So it's still fun. Grateful for you. Well, I'm grateful for you because of the fact that I get into, I get stuck into a lane sometimes, especially in the food world, because it is both my job and my life. And so I get into these lanes and I kind of get, you know, I get, you know, sort of rut. And I think what's great is that every Saturday I get to come here and you give me a totally honest perspective. And it is a true moment of it's a reality check. And it's also but it's also with love and it's also fun. And we just have a gas and you're the sister from another mister that I've never had. Yeah, I liked it when you called me that. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'll take that. I'll take it. I'll take it. So hopefully you guys are getting ready and having gratitude to everything that is coming your way. you know, previewing, I'll let you know that ahead of time, first of all, on Wednesday, like I said, I'll be on Lori and Julia's show. And so I will have some, I'm sure I'll have a little segment where there'll be a last few minute call in panic things if you guys want on sure. that show. But then the Saturday afterwards, Jake will be here again for the family Thanksgiving special, post Thanksgiving special. But we're going to talk about some holiday fun stuff going on too. So all right. that'll be fun. Are you doing any, are you going to do any Black Friday shopping while you're in Wisconsin? I might. I might. I have a daughter that wants a large screen television, which that's the kind of thing you buy on a Black Friday. Yeah, it is. Because there's such good deals. Yeah. I've never bought a large screen television, so we'll have to see. But um, yeah, I think I'll do some shopping. I'm also going to be in Milwaukee and the Milwaukee food scene has really exploded in the oh last my God, couple of years. So much. So I'm going to oh. be in the third ward and you should check out the new bitter cube bar. Oh, yes. they opened up a, their new bar. So the bitter cube bar and bazaar and they, it's like a shop yep. and a tasting room okay. and they can buy, you can buy so many good cocktail accoutrements, which you love. All right. And yes, I fun do. stuff. Um, also, did you know that Indeed Brewing is expanding into yes. Wisconsin? They won't be open um, until the spring, but yeah. that's pretty cool, too. They're going to be see. in the Walkers Point neighborhood, yep. so that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. But there's also uh, a lot of stuff. In fact, uh, Justin Carlisle, who is one of the great chefs of Milwaukee, who has been nominated for James Beard stuff, he's actually going to be in town cooking with the Pajarita Boys for their anniversary. Second thing. anniversary. Yeah. I need to get tickets to December that. December 5th, I think, or something like that. 5th and 6th. I think we might have them on the show to talk about it. Because, oh, good, because I really yeah. want to go to that. Pajarito is one of my favorite spots, and I miss it in the summer because I'm usually at the lake, And but it's it's time to get back to my winter eating. Yeah, I have my winter eating spots. My, when I go to Jones in the Park, they're like, the cabin's closed. The cabin's closed. <laughs> you can back. come on over. <laughs> right? Seriously. Yes. Do you have your like winter spots and Oh, hey, Harm. <laughs> Harmony's uh, from the shop girls are. I thought yeah, they were. Oh, that's right. Me. They are going to be in studio today. I didn't realize. I thought they were gone. I do know that on Black Friday, Harmony and Allie will be at the Galleria. Fun. If you want to plan to pop out and see them there. Uh, we are talking about gift shows. So we're going to have a gift show on December 8th, which means we're going to be talking all holiday gifts. Yeah. So if you are a holiday gift maker or you want us to know about your holiday gift stuff, you're welcome <laughs> to reach out to us. Uh, we'll have guests and just do all holiday gifts that episode. And then, yeah, we we have a 
fun December lined up of great guests. And December 1st, we're going to be at El Burrito Mercado. Yep. We're going to be at the St. Paul location. So come and visit us and we can talk about all the Mexican candies for stocking stuffers. Right. Um, Do you know that we didn't get a lot of people talking about the brine? I don't know if you guys are just too busy and that's totally okay. Um, But there is, uh, I just wonder about... um, if people are doing, if I feel like a lot of people have given up the wet brine because it's just too cumbersome to do with your bird, you know? Yeah, because the putting it in the cooler. cooler and. But I will say that I did love. I used to do the black, black tea orange yes. bourbon brine, and that was lovely. And I would, I would still be doing it if I wasn't doing the different kind of turkey situation that i am doing this i'm just buttering and rubbing are you just buttering and rubbing under the skin with my herbs and under the skin and then a little butter on top just buttering the classic and the best really honestly all right you guys well that is all we have for today hopefully you guys are gonna have a great feast thanks for joining us be grateful express your gratitude to the ones you love and be good to yourself thanksgiving is a verb everyone it is